Hello, my name is Wade. Oh, I can't hear you because I muted you all. Sorry about that. Hey! Hi, Wade. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, feels like old times. Remember, at one point in time, we're going to say, remember when we used to meet in person? Anyway, let's move on. Uh, doing Hard Things, Chapter 7, Lesson 5. And the premise of this chapter is simple. The power of collaboration. How to do hard things that are too big for you to do alone. Um, I feel like somebody is unmuted and I can't tell who it is right now. So if you can figure that out, that would help. Um, so again, the premise is simple. The power of collaboration, doing big things together. So guys, don't get lost in like, oh, this is easy. This is simple. Like there is so much to this and, and the real power is going to be in the conversations that come out of this. So let's be um, engaged in that as we move forward. Okay, there we go. Um, moving forward. Oh, let me go back to this one right here. Yes, there's a horse picture coming up. Don't get too excited. It's still coming. So out of the book, there's this reminder for us that the usual response to situations that are too big for me is like, hey, it's, just, it's too big for me. End of story. Like, like, let's move on. Let's forget about this because whatever it is we're talking about, it's just too big for me and I can't do it. And therefore it's done. Uh, we give up before we even try. And so like just for a, a moment or two of discussion, um, like you probably have an idea where this lesson is going, but just give me some input on like, how can we change? And I would like to hear from somebody. How can we change the way we think about big, hard things? Um, rather than our initial response, just being, yeah, it's too big. End of story. Like how could we start changing our thought process? And so when we see this big thing, we have a different first response. Anybody have any input on that? Yeah, just Shane, if you're, yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, I usually whenever I go into like a full on, like whenever I would like come into a new semester with like a class that I'm like, say it's music production engineering and like, they tell you like the overall, and usually a syllabus day, they say, oh, this is going to be the whole thing, you know, and by the end of it, you're going to know all this. It, I, I used to be like, oh man, like how am I supposed to like, I need to know this stuff like right now. For some reason, I would feel like get this idea of, like, okay, I need to know this stuff now. Otherwise, I'm going to fail this whole thing. But then when I, what I would do is I would rethink about it and go, this is a process. This is a thing I, I learn as I go on doing it. Um, otherwise if I knew it already by the end, I probably wouldn't even need to be in the class. I could just clap out of it or whatever. Um, so usually whenever I see a lot of big things, like say, even just like, Hey, I need to get a, this big performance ready, or I need to get this assignment done or whatever. I usually look at it as like, okay, what's, what's the first step? You know, you know, the, the whole classic, you know, every journey begins with a single step. Um, I go, okay, so what's that first step? How do I accomplish that? Just the first step in this thing. Um, that's usually how I started off with. Awesome. I love it. Having that as your first response of, wow, this is a big thing. What's my first step? Awesome. I love it. Um, Alan, I want to hear from you too. And I also want to hear, hear how you just did that raising your hand thing because that was really cool. So unmute and tell us. Okay. Uh, to do the raise your hand thing, you go to more and then you select raise hand. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's cool. Okay. Go Isn't ahead. that great? It's like, Hey, call on me. Anyway. Uh, right. So the question is, how do we change our mindset uh, to be able to 
um, not give up when we're faced with a, a big hard thing, we'll say. And I think that comes with understanding uh, what, what, what hope we have as Christians. And it's like, we have, well, we have the first, we have the grace to fail. Um, so that enables us in one thing. And two, we have the church or like the body of community that we have to take on hard things that are bigger than our capability. So. I love yeah. those answers. Thank you, Alan. Those are fantastic. Um, having the grace to fail and having a community behind us. Like, fantastic reminders. I love it. Appreciate that. Um, okay, good. I love those answers. Let's move forward with that. Um, this horse picture, you, I've heard this analogy, this illustration in, in various settings before, but it's such a good one. Um, I don't remember the numbers exactly off the top of my head, but um, one horse, well, I guess it depends upon which horse. Um, in this example, the horse could pull 2,500 pounds by itself. Um, and so you get a horse, you know, big old strong horse that can pull 2,500 pounds. I mean, that's insane. That's awesome. You get two horses and you put them together and you have them pulled together and together they can pull five times as much as one horse can pull. Like, like the math just doesn't work. So clearly something else is going on here. There's some community going on here. There's a partnership going on here. There's people working together going on here and it just makes this, this huge, huge difference. So in, in this process, like we're talking about doing hard, big, hard things and how do we do them? Like there's a co-labor going on here, working together, right? Which is the root for the word, uh, as best as I understand, collaboration, right? You, you see co-labor in the word collaboration. And so when we're working together, man, how much we can accomplish is just magnified uh, a lot in terms of how much can actually get done. Hebrews 10, 24 is such a fantastic verse. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Like it's an encouraging verse. It's a fantastic, just fantastic to read and, and be reminded of. But like it's so deep because it's asking us not to just say, oh, that's a nice verse. It's asking us to give thought, to pause, to consider, to grow, to challenge ourselves, to ask questions. Um, and, and together, um, just like Alan answered in uh, the answer that he had about like the church is behind us. Like how do we work together to grow in love and good works? So we're not alone in this thing. We've got a lot of support out there. And when we do it together, just amazing things can happen. Um, I have highly appreciated everybody that's been willing to work with me on this series, teaching with me. Like everybody that's been a part of this has made this series much better than it would have been if I was just doing it by myself, um, which speaks to this whole concept of collaboration right now. And so I've got some helpers tonight that I'm super excited to have with me and they're going to make a difference too. So I'm going to ask Lydia to unmute yourself um, go ahead and introduce your section, and then after you get done introducing it, I will uh, change the angle and let you be center stage. Hi, everyone. Um, well, this was a really, really good chapter. Um, it caused me to think a lot on the question, why work together? And now, as Wade pointed out, we do better when we work together. But the one thing that I was caught with was we're designed for community and equipped for unity. You, you can you can change the screen now away from the donut. Um, so one of the things that I um, was I was reading in in John chapter seventeen, and it's when Jesus is praying like right before 
it's his prayer in the garden that we don't hear much about. And one of the particular prayers that he prayed really has ministered to me a lot. Um, says, as you sent them into the world, uh, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they may, th themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, there's a lot of things going on there, but the, the main thing is that God has designed us all for unity. Um, so for, for my slight bit of story time, what really drew me in this lesson was actually something is part of the reason why I haven't been to as, in, as involved in Kairos for the past year or two. Um, it's, I've been working with a youth group um, and they, they really awakened my love of, of community and, and of passionate unity in a way that I've, I've never really seen before. And one idea did that because they weren't always like that. Um, the youth pastor we had had uh, this thing that he would say. He would say to them, we were all designed to desire a cause that is bigger than ourselves, that we're willing to live and to die for, and a band of brothers and sisters to run with in pursuit of this cause. And so that idea just overtook this group of, of high schoolers. Like, the majority of them weren't even late in high school. Most of them were freshmen and sophomores. And they were just gripped by this idea. They, they started out, like, the year I started working in this group, they were like any other group of high schoolers. They were apathetic, even about things that were, like, really, really important that they shouldn't be apathetic about. Uh, and they were so comfortable in their own lives and in their own struggles, even, that even their depression was just normal to them, you know, like a lot of people. And they just were stuck there. But this idea gripped them so hard that, like, I watched over a period of, like, two, two years, they moved from that point to being overwhelmed by a grasp of who they were because of who he is and what he called them to do. Like, it was incredible. They, they became passionate about the most mundane tasks. Like, like I would, we would talk about tests that they had coming up, and they were passionate about how they could honor God with whatever grade they got. As sophomores and freshmen in high school, like, I, I didn't even know how to respond. It, it was one of those things that really, like, convicted me because, like, like I watched, like, my, my group of girls that I was in charge of, they actually came to me and asked, hey, would you start leading a Bible study for, for us? I didn't start that. They asked me to lead it separately. And we, they started meeting. They're still meeting. I'm not meeting with them, but they didn't want to make, make me leave their group chat, so I'm still a part of it. Um, but they're praying for each other. Even through this coronavirus thing, like, they pray for each other weekly. They message each other and ask how each other is doing, and they haven't seen each other in two months. Like, it's ridiculous to, to watch. Um, and one of the things my youth pastor challenged us as leaders, and I think, honestly, looking back, it was the main thing that was part of what sparked this change in, in the youth group, is he asked, he, he said one thing. He said, people are tired of hearing about God from people who they themselves have only ever heard about God. 
And then he would ask us, does your life reflect one who has heard about God or one who knows him intimately? The students are going to know the difference. And so you need to know the difference in your own lives. And that was really convicting to me as I'm watching these students more passionate in their pursuit than I really felt like I was. And it was just one of those things that was, was an incredible privilege to be a part of. But in, in light of this series and the concept of doing hard things and, and looking at all the hard things that, you know, we're, we're talking about Kairos and like, what's the next big step for Kairos? Like Kairos is about to change. And, you know, Wade's been asking for weeks, what's your part in this? And I've really been, you know, praying a lot about that in light of where I've just come from. And I really, especially during this time where I'm isolated, have been forced to ask myself the question again, do I, am I walking every day as one who knows him? Like, am I passionate about even the tiniest things that are important? Am I invested in the little things or have I only ever like, am I only hearing about him everywhere? Like, is it, is it my life or just something that matters to me? And then the second question is, am I unified with what God wants to do in Kairos? Like what he, where he's moving in Kairos and what his heart is, or am I just too busy using Kairos to, to fulfill my own personal wants and desires and what I see my life is supposed to be a part of, you know, what, what am I invested in has really been a lot of my processing through like the whole question of why do we collaborate? Because, you know, if, if, collaboration is important enough that Jesus himself prayed for unity. I think that it's important for Kairos to, to walk in unity. And I don't know that I've grabbed onto what it looks like to be a part of that. Mm. Lydia, thank you for sharing those thoughts. Um, like as you're right, like we've been talking about, like where are we going from here and, and what's the direction and what's the plan. And like the question I've been asking is like, is there a cause that we can get beyond? Like, like, and actually I should say this, you all are my cause. You are who I am investing into. You are my next generation that I get to love on and walk with and, and, and all that. But like, like, so what is your cause? What is our cause as a group? That's the question we've been asking. And Lydia, to hear your story and to hear how a cause unified your group to come around this, this calling, this cause and say, like, do other people know Jesus? Like, like, do I can I tell them like, I really know him. Like you've got this cause that people are investing into and wanting to be a part of. And it's making this, this shocking difference in the group. And like, I'm just hearing that saying, yes, we need to hear that message that this is possible. And as we unite around a cause that God can do some super cool things with it. So again, thank you. That was awesome. I am going to go back to share screen real quick. And introduce our next speaker who would be Ryan Oops. oh wait am I on yes you are oh hey there we go hi go some it's me Ryan uh <laughs> well wait actually you kind of hit it right on the nose with what I was going to be saying <laughs> um but yeah uh yeah well, so with this the reason I have this photo up here was simply because where we are now isn't on accident um, where we are now isn't something like, so not just we, like who you are as an individual, but who we are as a people, like Kairos didn't happen by accident. 
uh, um, the American society didn't happen by accident. Christianity didn't happen by accident. It was a group of people that worked together through a lot of hard times. Like if you look at the Christian forefathers, they went through a lot to spread the word of Christianity and to develop it in, to develop it to what is today. Um, and that was a lot of hard work. There's a lot of persecution. There was a lot with that. But the thing was, they were a team that were dedicated to unity, you know, coming together as one and then passing it on to the next generation so that it wouldn't die with them. And just as a whole Christian, oh, here, we can go ahead and switch. To <laughs> Sorry, I was going to keep going. You're good. All right, good. Um, but yeah, so, but like as a whole, Christianity just kind of on its base, like going back to the Old Testament and all the way to now, like the Bible was written so that the message that God had given to the prophets, the, the message that was given to the people, it wouldn't die with them. Uh, it would go on to continue and continue teaching people, and it would continue to spread the word of God. Um, and so with that, uh, kind of <laughs> the first part of it was, um, you know, with, uh, so with Lydia's story, uh, with the horses, with pretty much any team that's ever been successful, um, there's a theme that's relevant. And the theme is they want to accomplish a goal. <laughs> uh, Wade was you know, hit, just hitting on that. And like unity doesn't happen by accident. It's work. Um, I brought up the avatar because a thousand generations. Oh, wait, I think the screen share stuff. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I think like the thousand generations of Avatar. I also was going to put in Star Wars, but I couldn't figure out how to like fit everything in there at once because that would be too much. But like a thousand generations live within them. And you got to think like, first off, a thousand generations is big, but it all started with one generation. And it, it started with that one generation caring enough to pass on what they knew to the next generation. The next generation grew, they grew into a team. And then it started, it stopped being like a one-to-one -one process. And it started being a team of people wanting to pass it on to other people. And so like, that's how you start off with one Jedi, like way back in the day. And then, you know, by the time Clone Wars happens, there's 10,000 Jedi. Um, also for all you uh, anime nerds, there's My Hero Academia as well. <laughs> just kind of thinking about that. But so just <laughs> in general, that's a pretty prevalent theme that you see um, kind of throughout. Uh, I had a couple of scriptures. So like, uh, why should we care about being unified? Well, for one, uh, God tells us to. First um, Corinthians 1 10 uh, I appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there will be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought and that's a pretty big statement why is this such a huge theme in the church like why should it matter if you're united um, or and if you're if you're all in the same mind and, and, and in the same thought um, and to get because to be honest, that's where growth happens. That's how things go to the next level. God is ex exponential. He's not an additive. So in order for you to continue the, this message, you have to work together. You have to come together. You have to spread it. And then you have to be very conscious on passing that to the next generation. Um, on top of that, if you look at the opposite of unity and you know being in the same mind and same thought, you see Satan. <laughs> uh, Satan was the kind of the first um, of the people who or first of the angels that were divisive um, and we kind of see what happens from that you know that a lot of bad has happened just from a little bit of division um, and not only that but he's called sower you know a sower of discord among the brethren a lot of other titles um, let's see my notes are kind of a mess right now but uh, also another thing was um, amazing thing ha amazing things happen when we are in unity uh, so first corinthians 14 26 
What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction or a revelation, a tongue of, or an interpretation. Everything must, be do everything must be done so the church may be built up. And with that, like, A, there's kind of two parts of that. One is each of us reflects God in a unique way, which means that we're not, and I mean, you see this in several verses where it says, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves and, you know, like come together often, et cetera. But each of us reflects God in a unique and specific way because we receive different things from God. Like I've received things from God. I've, I've gotten certain revelations from God based upon my experiences and like what I needed to hear at the time and what was spoken to me and what I was open to. Each of you has your own experiences and your own relations that have happened with God. And so each of us has a unique perspective on God. And when we come together, it's not that any of us are wrong, although sometimes, you know, but it's not that any of us are wrong is that we're each just sharing a different aspect of God that we've seen. And so if we want to see the huge, like because God is an infinite God and there's so much to know about him and we are finite people, the quickest way to truly understand God and to truly see his heart is to come together and each share what we've learned about it. Um, and so what I just kind of want to leave it with is like, if we want Kairos to be built up, to be prosperous, to, we need to, uh, to grow into something that's, not just a one-time deal that ends, you know, with us. Because I know that like, you know, I know some people are a little bit worried about everyone graduating, but to me, it's like, that's, that's kind of like the handing off of the baton. If, this, if someone's graduating, you shouldn't be worried about that. You should be like excited that now you get to be taking their place. It's your turn to hold the baton. It's your turn to run. Um, so if we want Kairos to be built up, we need to stop being so focused on our own struggles and start thinking like a community and like a team because like I know I played on a few sports I know Daniel you know he played football if you have one or two superstars on a team yeah you know great for them they may get scouted everything else they can probably have some minor success but you're never going to have a winning team unless that team comes together and not only that but like a, a team that doesn't have any superstars but works together like a, a machine and is just like called together into one purpose of like trying to win the game they can beat a team that has a superstar but isn't working together as well um, and just so as we go, as we move on to this next season, I just really wanted to put it into you guys that we need to start creating a vision for what we want to do with our lives, or what we want to see out of each other, and what we want to see out of Kairos. Um, Proverbs 18.10 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so if we want to keep this thing alive, and if we want to keep growing ourselves, we need to start looking forward past ourselves and start developing that, that call in our lives. Um, Simply because like with the do hard things uh, series that we're doing right now, just kind of with the hard things in general, you only really, it only really makes sense to you if you have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, then it seems like punishment. It seems needless. It seems, you know, it, it seems very laborious. But when you have a purpose, it's amazing how much hard work you'll do. And it doesn't seem like it's anything. I like, I have a purpose in my life. I have a call that I know God wants me to fulfill. And so therefore, when I, when God tells me like, Hey, Ryan, go serve here or go help this person or go do this or go do this. It doesn't bother me because I know like that's me fulfilling my purpose. And I mean, in general, just to kind of pause on that for a second, like my whole purpose, like I, so I'm going into business. There's a lot of other things, but my whole purpose is to help other people's visions become reality. The only way I can fulfill my purpose is to help other people fulfill theirs. And that's the most like, I feel wholly satisfied in that. That's a purpose I can chase for the rest of my life. And with that, it doesn't matter. The work that comes, you know, comes from people with people, et cetera, it doesn't matter. 
because I'm fulfilling that purpose. And so no matter how hard it gets, no matter how long it takes, it doesn't matter because it's, it's, a, it's a goal that I'm willing to achieve. And it's one that I'm willing to do no matter what, no, no matter what happens. Um, so yeah, so as, uh, as we leave it, as I'm finished wrapping up and stop my monologue, uh, I, I just hope that we all can come together, find a vision for, for ourselves and for each other and what we wanna do as a group, and then start to figure out how we can work together in unity to start growing forward because you never know what teachings you're gonna pass down that's gonna go to another Jedi or to an avatar or to another All Might. Thank you. Ryan, thank you, my goodness. Um, like I was listening to you share and I was thinking to myself that I need to go back and listen to this again to, to actually be able to process Lydia's thoughts some more and be able to process your thoughts some more and start bringing this all together. Um, that was really good. Um, it was a lot of really good. And um, yeah, so thank you. This little graphic that you got for us, A Thousand Generations Living You, like, I mean, that by itself communicates so much. So, so thank you for that. Um, guys, as we're thinking about this next generation, right? Like, like that's a cause that I think we as a group can get behind and make, not only can we get behind, I think you guys are poised to make this incredible difference in this group. Let's be honest. Like if we're looking at the next generation as like your age and, and down from there, that means you are closer to that group than I am, than your parents are, than your older siblings are. Like, and when you're close to a group, you have the opportunity to make such an, an impact. And so as I'm thinking about the next generation, I'm thinking about your younger siblings. Um, many of you have just graduated out of high school not so long ago, which means you probably still have friends that are in high school. Um, I know some of you even invest into Sunday school classes for the kids at your churches when we meet in person. Um, you know what I'd like to do right now? I, I just like to hear some names. As you're sitting here processing the next generation and, and as you're praying and thinking about like, like who is somebody that's, that's maybe my peer or younger than me that, that I could invest into? Could you like just randomly, and it's okay if you over talk somebody, just unmute yourself and, and just speak out a name of someone that falls into this next generation group. I know a guy named Ben Wilson and Noah Smith and Gary and a couple other guys. There's some examples. Awesome. I'm thinking about our I friend Sammy. Best in my younger cousins. Awesome. Let younger cousins. I love it. Dara. Thinking about our friend Sammy. Amen. Got a few different ones from the church that I'm gonna get in eventually, like Faith and Bethany, Joaquin. There's a uh, Caleb, there's a whole bunch of them, but those are just some that I can think of right out the top. But there's a bunch I've got. Awesome. Give me some more names. This is good stuff. My manager. I didn't quite catch that name. My manager, Lily. Awesome. That is super, super cool. Tori, thank you for sharing that. Okay, you guys keep praying about that. Keep, keep asking God, like, 
like, do I know anybody younger? Like we do, like it, it might take some time to think about, but, but we do and we have connections and we have this crazy thing called social media that connects us to people all, all over the place and is going to give us all kinds of crazy opportunities in this line. So who is that next generation? Graduating high school seniors, like whatever church you're plugged into, like there's a good chance that somebody's graduating from high school this year. And you might not even like personally know them, but they're there and they're graduating from high school. And a huge percentage of kids this year from this town are going to be sticking around this, this next year. Um, they're going to be here in town. So you go to church with them and they graduated from high school and they're trying to figure out where to go in your life. If you would go talk to a youth minister or a, a senior pastor at your church and just say, hey, are there any graduating seniors this year? And go grab one of them and say, hey, can we get coffee? Can we talk? Like what an opportunity. Even younger high school students that you might know that we can find ways to invest into, whether being a coach at a youth group or, or, some, or middle school. There's all kinds of middle school kids out there that, that need coaches in the youth groups and, and mentors and people to encourage them. Um, Dara, why don't you unmute yourself and tell us a little bit about the Shangri-La um, trailer park. So we have some friends in our small group who work at a trailer park uh, called Shangri-La and they do some tutoring classes and just play soccer and just invest into these kids in this, this trailer park. They're mostly Hispanic kids um, and some are transitional but some have been there long enough for them to have good long-term relationships with and they're looking for other people to help invest into those kids and so that's something I'm interested in and that's something I'd love to share with some of you guys who might be interested in that type of thing too. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so all kinds of options out there. Uh, talking about at-risk youth, there's plenty in this town um, and we have connections to some of those groups. Um, so there's a whole next generation group that's out there. Um, and then your peers, like, like next generation would be literally your peers, like your f literal friends are the next generation as well. How can we invest into them? So like I have this up here, not as a formula, but just as a reminder to say, when we talk about next generation, like it's big, it's really big. And there's a lot of diversity in there. Um, we're not trying to pigeonhole anybody into one specific category and say, Hey, this is what the cause is. And, and this is what you got to do. And we're going to go from there. Um, we're saying that the cause is really big. And now let's pray about like, how is God leading you individually to use your gifts and skills and abilities to approach this big, hard thing so that together we can do amazing things. So what might this cause look like? Um, you know, we talked about the people that are out there in the, in the cause and now what could it look like serving as a coach for a youth group? Um, how about an invitation into a, into a Kronos group that you're going to do this year? You're studying the Bible. How about inviting somebody in that might not even be specifically coming to our group on Tuesdays already? Um, how about doing a gospel study with somebody just totally outside of everything? Just connect with them and say, hey, like, can we study about Jesus? Can we learn more? And, um, and pray about it and see what God does. Of course, invitations to the group itself. Guys, there's, it's such a blessing when you bring your friends um, because our group gets better when new people come, right? New questions, new ideas, new input. We all learn together. It's amazing. Um, and the cool thing about bringing a friend is now you are not walking alone with your friend. Now your friend has a whole bunch of new friends to walk with them and grow with. Um, Dara mentioned the, the community at the Shangri-La trailer park and the opportunities we're going to have to um, 
hopefully love and serve them. And then of course the at-risk kids around this town on many levels. So guys, like the cause is big and the opportunities are huge. Uh, and any one of us left to ourselves, it can seem overwhelming. Like, am I really going to make a difference? Well, yes, you will. And when we work together, that difference that you make gets multiplied over and over and over again. My last slide, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, our family group discussions. And we're doing it a little bit different tonight, guys. Like, I don't have a huge list for you tonight to, to work through. Um, let's check in. Um, like, it's been... I don't even know, almost two months now. Like, how are you really doing? Uh, maybe biggest challenge in the most encouraging time over the last two months. Um, if you need a little bit of guidelines on, on how are you doing. Um, and then just, just, just discuss on a, on a big picture level, like what would this cause of the next generation look like? Um, and then process through this. Like how excited could you get about having this cause that we as a group are investing into that yes, we enjoy coming together and yes, we are learning and growing in the process. But now we have a focus that's going outwards as well. And how, how excited could you, you get about that? Um, I would highly appreciate it if somebody in your group would, would take some notes um, and write down some thoughts that you have about the next generation and, and causes that you could get excited about and, um, and any other input that comes up. Because like we're trying to collect this and collaborate and work together. Um, and, and then we'll see what all comes out of it. So that's what I've got for you tonight. Um, I'm going to stop sharing and I'm going to look at all your wonderful faces again. And I'm going to unmute you all and say goodbye. Toodles. Um, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye